Well, Brother Keith is not here this morning, as you can tell. He is in Colorado at Brother Jeremy and Sister Sarah Pearson's church this morning. Yes, they're doing a dedication service this morning, and so they asked, I think Brother Kenneth spoke last night, and he is speaking today. So, yeah, it's a great weekend. And, um, you know, I could have been, I could, Branson, I could have gone there, but I'd had to go on to Texas, and then I had to go into that, and then I, I'd had to go on around the world. That's why I want to always go to Branson because it's not just like a one-way short trip. It's like you have to go here and here, and then you have to go here to go here, then to, and then you're, yeah. Y'all get my picture, right? All right. But I do love you. Doesn't mean I don't love you. Y'all are too quiet. Now, y'all are going to have to realize who's speaking today, or we're going to have to go sit down and start over, right? All right. Okay. Because I can't do this by myself. Y'all know that. Y'all know how I already feel about getting up here. So y'all are going to have to help me, right? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, Keith has been talking about faith in the power, right? Well, I have it on my heart strong today about how to walk in that power, faith to walk in that power. How many of you either went to Sunday school or to catechism when you were a little kid? Sunday school, catechism. Okay, let's do it another way then. How many of you didn't go to Sunday school or catechism when you were a little kid? Just a few of you. But how many, keep your hands up just for a minute, of those people. How many of those people learned the Ten Commandments anyway? Or heard them or knew them, the Ten Commandments, right? Everybody heard the Ten Commandments when they were little, right? Anybody in here didn't ever hear the Ten Commandments? Raise your hand. You didn't, you didn't hear them? You didn't hear them? You didn't hear them? You didn't hear them? There's probably 10 people in here that didn't hear them. Does that surprise the rest of you? Really surprises you. So, but that just goes to show you that there are people in the world around you that never heard stuff. There are people really close by you that don't know all that you know. The Ten Commandments are pretty popular things. And most little kids, by the time they're in first grade, has heard them. But it's not just that people hear them. You know, every year Keith has to go back to flight safety. What do they do at flight safety? Anybody got a clue? They review everything they taught them last year. And they review everything they taught them the year before. Even though they taught them the year before, they go over it again the next year. And even though they know that they taught them it the year before, they go over it again the next year. And even though they know they taught them it the year before, and, and one time um, Brother Copeland was going back to flight safety and he had to leave one of Brother Hagen's meetings and we were there. And he said, he came up to Brother Hagen and said, man, I got to leave, I got to go to flight safety. And Mom Hagen looked at him and said, man, don't you know how to fly yet? <laughs> And it ain't about knowing something. It ain't just about knowing something. It's about, and this is really good, get this, get this. It's about how you react in an emergency. In flight safety, they teach them how to react in an emergency. It's 
second nature. If an emergency happens, they don't go here, they go here. And they react because they have done it so many times that they don't have time to think about it sometimes. They just have to react by what they've been trained to do. It's like you training in your faith, in your life, and an emergency happens, you don't immediately get into fear. You can get into faith. It's what, what happens in your life. So today, I'm not going to, you know me, I'm not going to teach you something you ain't never heard before. That's not my MO. I'm not going to teach you something that's going to be some revelation that's going to just make your life change because it's a revelation that, that's going to be something that some spiritual guru came and taught you today. <laughs> but I am going to give you something that can change your life if you'll do it. Because I'm going to go over to start with the Ten Commandments. You may say, this is more. Don't you know the Ten Commandments are in the Old Testament? Look at people are just, they're just sitting there looking at me like. <laughs> Don't you know they're in the Old Testament? Well, just hang with me. You'll understand it before the day's over. Can you do that? How many of you will hang with me? All right, let's, let's start on them. Do we still teach our kids the Ten Commandments? See, yes. Let's, let's look at them. All right, put up for me Exodus 20. I just want to read you the first sentence out of Exodus 20. Then we're going to go there. The NIV, Exodus 20, verse 1, excuse me. And God spake these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. You can stop there. That's all I wanted you to get. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of slavery. Now what that's saying, let's just stop there for a minute. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of sin. So what he's telling them is I brought you out of the, your old life. Now I'm bringing you into a new life, and this is what I want you to do. This is what you have to do to live for me now. I brought you out of the old. Now I'm bringing you into the new, and this is what I want you to do. Okay? Now, don't put anything else on the screen. You can just put me. I'm just going to read them real quickly, and then we're going to move on to something else because you all know them. I just want to remind you of them. Right? All right. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, wouldn't that be something if you were going to serve God that he would tell you? You got saved. Don't have another God before me. Wouldn't that be one of the first things? If you get saved, don't put another God before me. Another God is just basically anything that you put before God. Okay, say that word with me. Anything, anything. that I put before God, Before God breaks the first commandment. Breaks the first commandment. Okay, let's move on to number two. You shall make no idols. Second commandment. You shall make no idols. 
I would go into the story about the time that we were in L.A. and the Buddha fell off the temple and I had to go over and talk to him because their idol fell off the temple because we were getting miracles next door, but I won't get into it. I just did. They were all, all upset with us because the floor was shaking and their idol fell off. It was three idols, one here, one here, and it was kind of a pyramid, and their big idol fell off the middle. The main god fell off the, t you know. And they were all on the platform, so of course I was nominated to go deal with it. I went next door and they just chewed me out because their idol fell off the altar. I said, well, come next door. Our idol is not falling off the altar and we're getting miracles. They didn't much care for that. So, but anyway, don't make any idols of any kind. Don't put up things. You know, I grew up Catholic, so I can say this. Okay? Don't put big angels everywhere. Don't put Mary everywhere. Don't put crosses everywhere. Don't put, don't put stuff that you just stare at that other than you looking up to heaven to the Lord. I grew up. I had a statue of Mary in my yard. I know what I'm talking about. So you can throw the stones at me if you want to, but I know. I grew up. I was Catholic. Everybody around me was Catholic. I'm not stepping on your turf. I didn't write this. Okay, number three. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Oh, my God, and GD is the name of the Lord thy God in vain. If your kids are saying it, make them stop. It's a commandment. You may say, this is the Old Testament. You'll see in just a minute. Right. Yep. Number three, don't use the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That means unless you're saying something good and positive about the Lord or you're using it as a, as a positive and explaining something about the Lord or telling something about the Lord, don't just use it to be using it. And never use GD. Why would you want to damn God? That's right. And don't use OMG. Oh my God. What's the purpose in it? It's something that the devil is using. Okay, we're going we're gonna to keep going. I'm not telling you these things. He said them. We just, we just want to have a refresher course. Okay, this is just a little refresher. Then we're going to go on. Number five. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. Say it with me. Period. That's all I have to say about that. It says to do it. Okay. You shall not murder. That's pretty self-explanatory. Anybody don't understand what that means, raise your hand. You shall not murder, or thou, if you want to read it in the King James, thou shalt not murder. Number seven, people seem to be a little bit confused about. They seem to be thinking modern day, it doesn't apply, but we'll read it anyway. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Doesn't apply today in modern day because it's Old Testament. Oh, no. 
but we'll read it anyway. Anybody doesn't understand what adultery means? It means to have sex with somebody that's not your spouse. We'll put it in real simple terms, okay? Adultery, okay? Number eight, you shall not steal. That means you wear something, you take it back to a store. That means you cheat on a light bill. That means you cheat on your taxes. That means you uh, go through a, a drive through and they give you more money back than you should have gotten. That means you don't like, you tell somebody you don't like a meal and they give it to you for free. That means um, you dent a can in a store and you tell them you want it for half price. Whatever. Oh, it got quiet. Don't get quiet on me. Don't get quiet on me. It says, you shall not steal. If they ask you a question on a form and you think you're going to get 50% off, if you lie, then that's stealing. Well, we didn't get to the line one yet. Is it stealing? Is it one of the Ten Commandments? Now, God could have given a lot of things for the Ten Commandments when he told them and they got saved. These are things that he told them immediately when they got saved and they got out of bondage. You were in bondage. You came out of bondage. And these are the things that he said. You shall not steal. I didn't write it. Okay? Number nine, here you go. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't lie. Don't say something that benefits you to get a promotion. Don't lie. Now see how quiet it is? Because he's getting, these last five got a little too close to home. It got a little too quiet. Now, you learned these, all but 10 people learned these when they were five years old. Now, when you got saved, people told you you was going to have to give up a lot of stuff to serve God. Didn't they? Didn't they tell you that? You're going to have to give up a lot of stuff to serve God. They meant lying and stealing and cheating on your wife. That's what they meant. I didn't write these, and they are in the Old Testament. I agree. I do agree. Okay, don't lie against your neighbor. Don't lie against your coworker. Don't lie against your real neighbor. Don't lie in court. Don't lie against your friend. Don't lie against your brother. Don't lie against your sister. Don't lie against your friend. Don't lie against your enemy. Just don't lie. Do you think Christians should follow the Ten Commandments? Wait, raise your hand if you think Christians should follow the Ten Commandments. Some of you don't. It's okay. I didn't write them. I didn't write the Bible. That's between you and the Lord. And number ten, you shall not covet. Now, I find this one very interesting in today's society, especially in church. 
us being a church, we've had people come into church and tell us they look sit straight across the desk from us. Now, covet means, it basically means, let me read you what it says. You should not covet your neighbor's house. You should not covet your neighbor's wife. You should not covet your neighbor's wife. Your neighbor's male servant. Your neighbor's female servant. His ox, his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. We have people that come to church. I'm just going to step on toes. You know me. So put them under the pew. They come to church. They worship us. Oh, we just love, love, love you. Oh, we do anything in the world for you. Then they want to go across town and start a church and steal half of our people. I don't know, but that's the 10th commandment to me. Or they come and they whisper, you want to come, come help us start this church? But the problem with that is, it isn't me. You're not mine. You don't belong to me. You're the Lord's. And the problem with that is, how in the world do you think you're going to start a church on stealing? Come on. How in the world do you think God is going to bless you when you're stealing? That's my concern. And some of these people I dearly love. And then the worst part about it is we've had people that's taken some of the people and they go and then the people aren't even serving God anymore. No. Truth? No. They take them out of church. They convince them they're going to have these great and glorious positions in their church and then they're not even serving God anymore. Wow. There's a scripture somewhere about that. I didn't find it, but some of y'all might know where it is, about leading little ones astray. Yes. It's better for them that what happens? And they be drowned in the sea. There's just a lot of stuff going on in the name of serving God that people ought to check up on. How do we expect God to bless us? We're going to go start a church and steal it while we're doing it? That's enough said about that. But that don't you find that to be coveting? Don't take your neighbor's servants. Doesn't that apply? Yes, it does. You're going to go start a business across town. Same thing applies. And you know somebody that's got some good employees. And you think, man, they're a friend of mine. I can take them. We're pretty good buds. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. You don't take them with a 10-foot pole. You don't even think about it. Don't let that thought cry casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Don't do it. Do you want God's blessings in your life? Do you want the favor of God in your life? Do you want to walk in the power of God in your life? That's my title this morning. Walking in the power of God. He's been talking about faith in the power. Well, let's find out how to walk in that power. All right. 
let's look at, you said, all of you did, I could tell it in, on your faces, that the Ten Commandments were in the Old Testament. You all said it. Raise your hand. Didn't you say it? Some of you are hesitant. The Ten Commandments are in the Old Testament. Correct? Yes, they are. All right. So put up John 13, 34. I'm going to fix it for you. I'm going to fix it for you. I am blonde, but I'm not all dumb. It doesn't go all the way to the root. It says, it says, a new commandment. What color is this in your Bible? Some of you need a new Bible if it's not in red. A new commandment I give unto you, that you what? Love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, Jesus was going away. He was leaving the disciples. He was going to heaven. Now, he could have told the disciples anything. He could have spent time talking to them about anything. This is what he spent time talking to them about. God the Father himself has all power. Would you agree? All power. If he wanted to, right here, right now, today, he could strike a lightning bolt and everybody would get saved. He could appear, he could send hordes of angels to appear to people and they'd get saved. He could do miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle and people would possibly get saved. I don't know. That's not how he planned it. But what did he say was the most important thing to us? Put it back up there. Jesus said, I only do and say what my father says. He said, this is the new commandment that you love. Not that you learn how to do miracles. Not that you have all faith and all knowledge and that you can quote the Bible backwards and forward. Not that you're a preacher. Not that you can get up and teach. Not that you get 10,000 people saved. Not that your ministry reaches reaches the whole world. He didn't say any of that. What did he say? Okay, let's go back over the Ten Commandments real quickly. The first are about loving who? You can't be saved without loving God. Love God. You won't have another God before me. You won't make idols. You won't put his name in vain. You'll keep the Sabbath day holy because you love him. Okay? The last are because you love people. You can't love people without doing this. You can't. Honor your father and mother. Why? Because you love them. Do not murder. Why would you not murder somebody? Because you love. Don't commit adultery. Why would you not commit adultery? 
house. Do not steal. Why would you not steal? Because you love whoever you were stealing from. Do not bear false witness. Why? Because you love them enough not to lie about them. Then you won't covet. You won't try to take what somebody else is. Why? Because you love them. Because you love them. Put up Galatians 5, 6 in the King James Version for a change. Now we're going to find out something. For with Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything or uncircumcision. You know, in the Old Testament, that meant something. It was very important. You weren't living for God without it. But he says it doesn't mean anything. Means nothing. This is New Testament now, right? Galatians is in the New Testament, right? Everybody agree? Okay. But, say but. 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 Faith. 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 Which only works. By what? By By what? People are not missing it in their confessions. People are not missing it in knowing their scripture verses. People are not missing it in coming to church. People are not missing it in their giving. People are not reading it and missing it, missing it and reading their chapters every day. People are missing it in their love. They're missing it in their love. Now, I am not talking about human selfish love. Human selfish love is a tit-for-tat love. You do this for me, I'll do this for you. Michael gives me a car, well, I've got to turn around and try to meet what he gave me. There's no way to do that. There's no leading in that. You can't do it. You can't keep up with that. And if you're trying to, it's not love. And there's no leading in it. Because what God will try to do is he will use him to do something for me and he will use him to do something for you because that's who he is. And most of the time, it's not even who you think it is. It's the last person you would think of. And so if you get your eyes on somebody, you're going to miss out on your result. But people are not missing it on their giving. How many of you give? How many of you could use some more? Every hand that was up stayed up. How many of you have seen a lot of the new movies? You have. Let me tell you some of the the new movies. Even like the little kids movie Frozen. Even like the little kids movie Moana. Even like a lot of the adult movies, Avengers. Everybody has superpowers these days. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're superpowers. Aren't there superpowers? What are some of the superpowers that they have? Fire. Fire. What do, what do they do with fire? Breathe it, shoot it. What do they do? They shoot people with their hands, their eyes. What do they do? They fight people with fire. Okay. What are some of the other ones? 
Spider webs. Spider webs. She's my generation. What are some of the other ones? Frozen, I know, Frozen, because I got Jess on my niece. She watches Frozen 100,000 times and it's forever old, and she sh ice out of her hand, you know? And Moana is another one in that he's a shapeshifter. He can turn into any bird or creature or whatever that it is. They're all about powers. The whole new thing is about powers. Do you want to know what the greatest power on the earth is today? Love. It's the greatest power on the earth today. Because it doesn't exist. That's a strong statement. You want me to prove it to you? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In the classic Amplified. Don't even turn there. Let's look at it on the screen. Unless you have a classic Amplified, close your Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, 1. All right. If I, say me. me. If me, me can speak with the tongues of men and angels. How many of you can speak with tongues? That's wonderful. Means nothing. But have not love. I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You know what that kind of would sound like? That's what you would be all the time. If you're speaking in tongues to God. If you don't have love, this is what you would be like to God. Would you get tired of hearing me scream over this all the time? How many of you want to be that? Even though you pray all day long to God, you fast, you pray. Why, God, is this not happening? Why, God, do we not have this? Why, God, are my kids not changing? Why, God, why, God, why, God, why, God? I'm only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal because I don't have love. He's not even hearing what you're saying. I didn't write this. I'm as guilty as anybody. If I'm not walking in love, I can pray all day long. And he ain't hearing me. He ain't hearing me. No matter how bad I need it and how bad I cry, he ain't hearing me. Verse 2. If I have all prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose of God, and I understand all the secret truths and mysteries, and I possess all knowledge. Who possesses all knowledge? I'm talking about here on the earth. This is talking about you, people. Who possesses all knowledge? And I understand all the secret truths. And I possess all knowledge. And I have basically all faith 
so that I can move mountains. When's the last time you moved a mountain? Anybody? But I have not love. God's love in me. God's love. Say that with me. God's love. In me. I am. Say it with me. I know it hurts. God's love in me. I am. A useless nobody. Brother Hagen used to say, say amen or oh me. That's time to say oh me. Oh me. If we don't have love, we are useless nobodies as far as God is concerned. Now, does it matter what anybody else thinks? It matters what God thinks. Do you care what somebody else thinks? We care what God thinks. Because he's the one that brought us out of bondage. This is our new commandment. You said the Old Testament didn't matter. Well, okay, we changed. Right? You didn't like those Old Testament commandments. You were not joy and happy when I was reading them. You got too quiet on me. So I came to the New Testament for you. You want me to go back to the old one? You like it any better? This, to me, seems harder than the old one. Okay? All right. Verse 3. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor, food, in other words, you clean out your bank account every week giving. You are the greatest giver in the church. You're giving to somebody every single day. You're a giver. You are a giver. You're a giver. I'm a giver. Nothing wrong with giving. Nothing wrong with it, except for what's the motive behind it? What's the motive behind your giving? Are you giving to get the tit for tat? Look what I'm doing. It'll get to that in a minute. What's the motive behind it? If you give everything you have, providing food for the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned in order that I, say I, I. show and tell, may glory, but have not God's love in me. Say, God's love in me. I gain nothing. Has anybody have any, had any trouble in receiving on their giving? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise it. Don't raise it. Don't raise it. If you ever have any trouble in your giving, ever, 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 pull up this verse. Though I dole out all that I have to the poor, providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned in order that I may glory, but I have not love, I gain nothing. If you've been gaining nothing, you might want to check your motives. 
and come back to the love stuff. Read the whole chapter again. Okay, we'll go on. All right, verse 4. Love, say love, love. endures long and is patient and kind. Kind. It means that when you go through the drive-thru and they've been rude, you're still what? It means when the server gets your order wrong, you're still? It means when they mess up on something that you got, you don't chew them out. It means no matter who it is, you are? That includes your spouse. That includes your kids. That includes your neighbor. We've told you stories before about how our neighbor came over while we were going on a ministry trip and cut down the trees in our backyard. They thought they needed to be cut. And how the other little neighbor boy shot at Keith's Corvette with paintballs. Kind. And how they borrowed our swimming pool and our tennis court because we were gone. Kind. Kind. How you pay people extra when they mess up on you. Kind. Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. Kind. Just the other day, they had the premiere in the shop. And I said, did we tip them? First question I asked Keith. He said, not yet, but we hadn't got it out yet. He said, but I will tell you this. He said, um, the guys took them to lunch every day or several days or something. I forget what he said. He said, and they told us that they had never had that happen in all the years they'd been there. He said, you probably know why? Because their bills is probably really astronomically high when they go get those airplanes. And they probably are fussing about how much their bills are instead of trying to be. How are we going to win the world? Don't own an airplane if you can't be kind. Don't own a Mercedes if you can't be kind. Own a Chevrolet. Do you get my drift? Don't get over your head if you can't be kind. Don't go to a fancy restaurant if you can't leave a big tip. You can believe God, but be kind. It's who we are, okay? Be kind. All right. Even if they're mean, give them an offering. All right? All right. Uh, love endures long, it's patient, it's kind. Love is never envious. Envious is a feeling of being discontented, resentful of someone else's possessions. We're not that, are we? God will give us whatever we can believe for if we'll get this love thing right. Right? All right. Envious are boils over with jealousy. A feeling of showing envy of someone else's achievements or advantages. It also is jealous of someone else's authority or position. We're not that. Because God will give us whatever we desire. If we'll get our love walk right. He'll promote us above everybody else. If what? Y'all are getting quiet on me again. 
Okay. Is not boastful. Boastful is showing excessive pride, self-satisfaction in one's achievements or possessions or abilities. I got a question for you. If somebody can sing really good, if somebody can play the piano really good, if somebody is a really good carpenter, if somebody is a really good anything, did they give themselves that talent or ability? It is an ability or a grace that God put in them. So why would they brag on it? We should think about that. Why would we brag on something that we could only do if God helped us to do it? We shouldn't. We should only be ready to do and say, God helped me to accomplish that. God gave me the wisdom to do that. Right? All right. All right. Let's keep going because we got, we got stuff to cover. All right. Our vainglorious, inordinate pride in oneself or achievements, that's basically the same thing, does not display itself haughtily. What does haughtily mean? Going to choke to death? You don't know what that means. If it rains, you're going to choke to death. Because your nose is up in the air all the time. I'm silly, I know. Keith tells me that all the time. But you know what? It doesn't matter what you have. You're wise enough to realize how many people have seen millionaires and billionaires lose everything they have? I mean, it doesn't matter what you have. How many of you have seen millionaires and billionaires go to jail? It doesn't matter what you have. How many of you have seen millionaires and billionaires die of cancer? Commit suicide. Without the Lord, we are nothing. We're nothing. So what's the point in getting too haughty? Because it can all go away just as quickly as it came. I don't have nothing unless the Lord gives it to me. I am nothing unless the Lord helps me. I can do nothing without the Lord's help. I know nothing unless he shows me. I'm all the time telling you about the favor of God on my life. How many of you know I'm God's favorite? How many of you just know it? You better raise your hand quick. I am totally convinced. You, You couldn't talk me out of it. That I'm God's favorite. He does things for me that is just supernatural all the time. I mean, just supernatural all the time. And I, I know, I know, and I'm not perfect. Dear me, I have missed it so many times, and I've walked away. We'll, we'll get into that more in just a minute. And I've immediately repented. Immediately. I'll pick up the phone. I'll call. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have told you that. It's not that we don't miss it in anything. But I love 1 John 1, 9. I love it. Because as soon as you do something, 
As soon as you do something, as soon as you don't walk in love, if you're ugly to somebody in a restaurant or somebody mistreats you or somebody does something, what do you do? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. That's why I love Peter so much. He's my favorite. I can't wait to see him when I get to heaven. He's my favorite. Because what did he do? He'd fix it. He said a lot of things he shouldn't have said. He did a lot of things he shouldn't have done. But immediately, immediately, he'd fix it. And he'd get it right. And there ain't nobody in here that hadn't missed it in their love walk. There's not a person in here that hasn't missed it in something that they've said or something that they've done. But thank God for 1 John 1, 9. Hit your knees, hit your pillow. Make it right. Then God can bless you. God can fix it for you. He can tell you, okay, sometimes you have to make it right with them. Sometimes you don't have to make it right with them. You just need to make it right with the Lord, whatever you do. Whatever you do. We'll get into that a little bit more in just a minute. Okay, let's see. Hardly. What I call hardly, you've heard me say it a thousand times, show and tell. Show and tell. You always have to be the one noticed. If there's a crowd, they see you first and foremost. You know what I'm talking about? They're going to notice you. You're going to be seen. Hardly. God said he loves a meek and quiet spirit. It's valuable and precious in his sight. Hardly. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 5. Is not conceited. Is not arrogant or inflated with pride. Is not rude. Unmannerly. Does not act unbecomingly. There's the same stuff. Unbecomingly. Not saying things that are off color. Not doing things that are off color. You're not always the one with the rude joke. Right? Love. God's love in us. Now everybody read this with me. God's love in me. God's love in me. God's love in me. Does not. Insist. On its own right. Or its own way. God's love in me. Does not insist. On its own way. God's love in me. Does not insist. On its own way. God's love in me. Does not insist. On its own way. Do you know that would solve. 99.999% of the problems in the world today. Insisting on your own way. Gotta have it your way. Itis. Do you know how many lawsuits there are in the world today? You want me to tell you how to fix lawsuits? Anybody want to know? Read the Bible. Let me tell you what the Bible says. Matthew. 538. Don't turn there. I'll read it to you. Matthew 5:38. It says, You have heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. This is in red. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, slap them back harder. 
See how quickly you can get to court because they slapped you. Turn to them. Turn to them. Turn to them. The other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand them your coat also. If anyone forces you to go with them one mile, go with them too. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from anyone who wants to borrow from you. Now that would fix every lawsuit that it was. And see how quiet it got? I know what I'm talking about. I've had people taking advantage of me. Family, friends. If, if we get our love right, God will give us so much favor that money won't become an issue. It won't become an issue. And if they say, no, you told me it was going to be $50.36 and they charge you $100.96, don't argue with them. Give them 200 Say, okay, I'm not going to fight with you about it. God loves you. How many times have I done it? Lots. Dan, how many times have we done it? Lots. I don't have people walking away mad at me. I don't do it. And I'm rich. I'm rich. I always have, always, 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 always have $100 bills in my Bible. Why? Because if somebody gets mad at me, I give them money. And they don't stay mad long. You know why? Because most problems are over what? Money. Most problems are over money. I can tell you, we don't do lawsuits. It's about love. And maybe they are in the wrong. Maybe they are in the wrong. But it's not your place to judge them. God says judgment is his, recompense is his, and I will. I like for God to repay me. He pays better than anybody else. Just the other day I had somebody say, say they called me up on the phone just the other day. And they said, what, what's your address? I want to send something to your house. And I knew this person very well. I had no clue what they wanted to send. They FedExed me a lot of cash the next day. I said, okay. Thank you, Lord. I love you too. Why does that happen to me? Somebody tell me. I refuse. I absolutely refuse. Say that with me. I refuse, I refuse to get mad, to get mad at, anyone at anyone that tries to take advantage of me. 
I've had people that have shystered me out of tens of thousands of dollars. And I refuse to get mad at them. I had somebody that tried to shyster me out of some stuff. I not only paid the bills for them, I moved them and I moved their furniture. I paid the moving cost. Everything. I refuse. And I can pick up the phone today and call them and love on them. I refuse. It's not worth it because I don't know what's going to happen 10 years down the road and the Lord wants me to minister to them. Same thing with you. You may not be a minister, and everybody's not ministers. But that don't mean you might not have to minister to them. All right, where were we? What verse were we on? Who knows? Let's see. Uh, we were on, we finished five. It doesn't seek its own. You wanted to get past that one, but let's read it one more time. Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Say, I don't have to have my own rights or my own way. I'm telling you guys, if you've ever trusted me about anything, if you, I promise you, if you've ever trusted me about anything, anything, look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. If you've ever trusted me about anything, if you get this love walk right, you get this love thing right, you will have money overflowing so much that you cannot contain it. You get this love walk right and quit trying to be self-seeking about it and doing it for your own good and doing it for all this stuff, but doing it for the will of God and what He wants you to do and get His things first. You will have so much money, you won't know what to do with it. I'm telling you, you can't outgive God. And you do what he wants for the reason he wants it, he's going to make sure you have everything you need. All right. Where are we? We're only on verse 5. My word. Y'all got time? It's um, love, God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. So let's read it together. God's love in me. God's love in me. Does not insist on its own right or its own way, even with my spouse. I've got that put in there. For it is not self-seeking. It's not touchy. It's not fretful or resentful. It takes no account to the evil done to it. And it pays no attention to a suffered wrong. That'll change your life forever. That verse right there. All right. Next verse. It does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices in right when right and truth prevails. You don't try to share things and say, let's pray for them, this bad thing happened. You keep it to yourself. 
If it's an embarrassing thing, don't share it. Even to have somebody pray. If it's embarrassing to somebody, zip it. You know that emoji with the zipper on its mouth? That, that should be you. You know? We, we should be protective of other people. The other day, somebody sent out an email, and it said, private, do not share. Oh, I was getting it from everybody. How many of you got it? Yeah, a bunch of people got it. It was private. Only 10 people were supposed to get it, but it went everywhere. What does that mean? Unfaithful. Unfaithful. All right, number seven. Love bears up under anything that comes and is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. Love never fails or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, it'll be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they'll be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it'll pass away. You know, Paul said, I have it back here somewhere. Let's see what he said. Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are ahead, I press for the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Now, how many of you, when you think of Paul, you think about the shipwreck and the bad things that happened to him? That's the first thing you usually think about. I don't even think that's what Paul was talking about. I think Paul was talking about how smart he was. He had to forget about all the knowledge he had. He had to forget about all the smarts he had. He had to forget about all the positive things he knew, all the things he had. He had to forget about all that other life. There's a lot of people that have a lot of knowledge, and God wants to use you. But he can't use you if you won't depend on him. Just a thought. All right. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. Our prophecy or our teaching is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. When the complete and the perfect comes, the incomplete and the imperfect will vanish away. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Now that I have become a man, I'm done with childish ways. I've put them aside. Now that we're looking in a mirror that only gives a dim, blurred reflection of reality, when I think about that, I think about a mirror will show the ugly truth of what we've done and who we are. But then, when perfection comes, we'll see the truth of who we really can be. Face to face. 
Now I know in part, but then I will know and understand fully and clearly. Even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. Now faith is important. Around here you're going to hear us talk about faith a lot. It's on the front of our building. Faith, life, church. But God said, when he comes, will he find faith? But, he said, the most important thing was love. He said, the greatest, he said, read the last one. And so, faith, hope, love, abide. A conviction of believing and respecting man's relationship to God. Let's see. Um, True affection for God. But the greatest of these is love. Faith is important. Hope is important. Walking in faith is important. But the greatest, to use your faith, you have to have Faith works by? So if your faith has not been working for your healing, for your finances, for your kids, for your job, there could be an answer. 1 John 4, 8, and then you guys can go in the NIV. 1 John 4, 8, NIV. Read that with me. Whoever does not love does not know God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. There's been some Christians that I'll be honest with you that I've been like Brother Hagin. I think they need another dip and not a dip of skull or Copenhagen or whatever people used to dip. Another dip in the fountain. Look at James 1, 26 and 27. And then we're going to read that verse again. NIV is fine. Those who consider themselves. Notice how I put that. Didn't say that they were. Got it? Said they considered themselves to be religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Do you know that it said the path to heaven is what? Their religion is worthless. Look at the next verse. Religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless. To look at the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Put up the Amplified. To keep oneself unspotted and uncontaminated 
from the world. It's become a little bit difficult to tell the church from the world today. It's become just a little bit difficult. The way they dress, the way they carry themselves, the way that they act, the way that they respond in situations. Hate is not of God. Anyone that promotes it is not of God. If you don't love, you're not of God. We have got to be an example to the world. We do. And we can pretend that we're going to heaven. If we're saved, we are going to heaven. But we should live like we love God. If we, he said it himself, put it back up there, 1 John 4, 8. Now, I didn't write this. Whoever does not love does not even know God. I think we need to make some changes in our lives. And let it not just be, as 1 Corinthians said, about self-seeking stuff. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not what I can get out of this world for me. Love is about actually caring about someone else and not pulling into the parking place and not caring that they're going to have a parking spot. Love is not cutting them off on the road. Love is not trying to get in front of them in the grocery line but saying, you know what, you go. Love is not always trying to be first because you're in a hurry. We have got to be an example to the world. Where else are they going to see an example? Where else are they going to see God? Where else are they going to see who he is? Are they going to sit down and read this love chapter? Did you know that there were ten people that had never heard the Ten Commandments till they got saved probably late in their life? Do you know that the person that's next to you at work may not have ever seen a Bible right here in the United States of America? And the only God they may ever see is you. Right. And how you chewed out the mailman because he broke something in your package. <laughs> Instead of saying, I know how hard y'all been working and I know how hard this COVID has been, here's a hundred bucks. Do you know how many people I've seen cry because I've handed them a hundred dollar bill? I mean, it's just amazing to me. And they just look at you like, are you sure? You go through a drive through and you hand them a hundred dollar bill and they're like, are you sure? Are you, are you really sure? It just kind of takes their breath away. A hundred dollar bill. If you want to make somebody's day, hand them a hundred dollar bill. And if you don't have one, believe God for one. We're faith people. Believe God for one. But I just want to challenge you today. You may not have been doing everything in this love chapter, but 
Leave here. We'll do it in a minute, but leave here today. And try to catch yourself every time you talk about somebody. When somebody walks away and they're not doing exactly the way you would do, so what? Who wants a carbon copy of you? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? They didn't do it exactly the way that you would do it. So what? Don't always be talking about you. You know what you know. Find out what somebody else knows for a change. Love will listen. Love will care. I, I I can't answer the text that I get in a given day. I can't answer them. And it shouldn't be that way. The reason that I say that is because everybody in here should be doing that. Loving on this one and loving on that one. We all have a job to do. Now, I know everybody is not in the full-time ministry. I am fully aware of that. But love isn't a ministered verse. Love is a you verse and a me verse and a him verse and a her verse. And it's how we're going to win the world. Every chair in this place should be filled because you love somebody this week. I remember when I worked in the doctor's office. I know what I'm going after, and I know I don't even care. When I worked in the doctor's office, there was this one girl. Keith told about there were four or five. None of them were saved. They were all in the world. And her husband was dealing drugs. She was her boyfriend to begin with. And they went on their honeymoon. She may be watching today. He may be watching today. I don't know. But it's true. They went on their honeymoon, and they rented a moped, and she fell off and cut her arm really, really bad on their honeymoon. And I don't really know what happened, but they didn't spend the money on their honeymoon to get it fixed. Well, this was 10 days. She came back to town. First person she called was me. I went and got her. I took her to the hospital. They said, we can't do anything with it. It's been 10 days. And the Lord gave me wisdom. I know it was him. And I wasn't in the ministry then. I was working at a doctor's office, managing doctor's offices. And I said, I asked the emergency room doctor, I said, can you do this? I said, I know I don't know anything about medicine. I said, but just, I just wondered, can you do this sort of thing? I said, can you take that cut? It was about this long and about this wide. I said, can you take that cut? And can you, because that's a, a woman in her arm, you know? I mean, how many of you women want a big scar like that on your arm? I said, can you just cut a new cut? He said, it's old. His skin's already dead around the edge. I said, can't you just cut a new cut around those edges and make it new? And sew it up? He said, you know, I didn't think about that. So he cut the new cut, washed out all the sand out of it from being on the beach. And he said, people were going. <laughs> and sewed it up. Well, it wasn't no time. I mean, anybody that really loved somebody would have took them to the doctor. You understand that, right? right. You understand my point. Wasn't no time. They got home. She walked in for lunch. He's cutting Coke on the table or whatever the stuff is, you know. And he sees her. He beats her. She calls me. I go get her. She's beat so bad you can't even see her face. It's all swollen up. Next morning she wakes up. She says, I'm going home. 
It's okay. Did you hear what I said? I said, okay. She loved him so much and kept loving him in spite of that. Ain't right. Don't, don't get me wrong. It ain't right. They're in the ministry today. Never said it was right. What he did was absolutely 100% wrong. Ain't right. But she did love him. Every situation is different. Don't let anybody tell you how to love somebody. Every situation is different. See how quiet it got? Nobody should beat anybody. I'm not advocating that. I would normally tell you leave. I don't know why I'm telling you this this morning. You have to be led by the Lord in what you do. And maybe you should leave immediately. Maybe that's what the Lord's telling you to do. But you do have to find out what the Lord's telling you to do. I'm not the Lord. And I know I'm going to get some letters on it, and I know I'm going to get some calls on it, but I can't tell you what to do in your situation. God does love everybody, and we are to love everybody. There's been some people that's really, 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 really messed up on stuff. God is going to correct them. Don't stay in the midst of that stuff. Get out like she did immediately. But you do have to be led. I don't have all the answers, but I do know God does. And he can deal with people. Stand up with me. Lord, you are the answer giver. Let's just pray about that right now. Father God, there are people underneath the sound of my voice that are abusing people. Whatever it takes, I said whatever it takes to make them stop, we ask you to cause that to happen. If you've got to have an angel appear to them, if you've got to appear to them yourself, Father, whatever it takes, Lord, we just ask you to make that situation stop in Jesus' name. And for the person that has been dealing with that, we say they can get out in Jesus' name. We ask for strength and a place for them to go and feel safe and secure. We ask you for wisdom. Satan, we bind you from them yielding to that spirit of abuse. And we say no more in Jesus' name. Go. Flee. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.